Spooky and gay, spooky and gay, spooky and gay with Carver and Jay. Hi, Jay. Hey, Carver. Oh, boy, thanks for doing this with me today. I know, thanks for doing it with me. <laughs> I've been looking so forward to it. I, yeah. I feel like I came in with such low energy in the theme song. I'm feeling so perked. Every time. I get a little dancing right at the beginning of this episode, and it really sets me up. It raises the energy. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've recorded. Yeah, it's been a while. I think the last episode we recorded was the Sleepaway Camp episode. I was going to say October, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been like five months almost. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that we're back at it. I think we're getting a little bit more on our feet in the city. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we also had to get through the holidays and mm-hmm. just sort of all sorts of stuff. I'm going to be moving again very briefly, but right. I'm moving closer. way closer. Uh, yes. We've been getting back to watching movies at the very least, and that mm-hmm. is what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, we watched a movie we had been talking about watching for, for a long time uh, last week. Uh, we watched Daybreakers from 2010, I think. Oh, man. And that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I had a good time with it. Like, I saw it when it came out, and I remember being like, oh, I like that. And I did I'm not. never watching it again. I did not see it when it came out. I just <laughs> got to see those beautiful blue screens of this very silly, objectively quite bad movie, and I just... <laughs> delighted in it. I was arguing with my roommate, arguing kind of with my roommate about how much I really liked it. And her response was, oh, you like those really boring science fiction horror. <laughs> I believe what she said is, do you know what camp is? Camp is when it's bad and I like it. Yeah, that's camp. <laughs> Honestly, I'm very comfortable with that definition. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, we also quite recently watched Crimson Peak together, which we is did. another one that's uh, been kind of on our uh, on our backlog for quite a while. It was my really, first time seeing it. I believe it was my first time really sitting together and watching it. Yeah, I had not heard, uh, I'd honestly heard bad mm-hmm. things about it, which is why I skipped mm-hmm. over it. I was like, oh man, I really don't want to see like a Del Toro that I'm not going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Loki. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed just a lot of things going on in that movie. It's a lot of fun. Something that I really like about Del Toro is just his style is so whimsical and dark in like the most fun way possible like he can tell a story that's heartbreaking and deep and you still want to like live in the world where those terrible things happen because it's so beautiful yeah it's like a wes anderson but like terrible yeah like a big thing in crimson peak is like there's a hole in the middle of this foyer and they're house and so there's snow falling in the middle of the house the whole time and it just adds this like beautiful ambiance to the story it's crazy it's it's like it's this huge manner and the walls are just bleeding at all times Mm -hmm. it is it i i thought it was really cool uh Mm -hmm. i i certainly didn't mind the story it was a nice slow burn but Mm -hmm. Been doing a lot of slow burns. We gotta, we gotta get into like a, we gotta do a firecracker coming I'm up. Ready? I was gonna ask, have you seen Mayhem before? Is that the one where the guy suits up and then kills a bunch of people? That does happen, but it's like a rage virus, and so he gets like laid off, oh. uh, and then this like rage virus that everyone knows about Mm -hmm. uh, is released on his office at the same time. And so he ends up pairing up with a girl who's angry at the company as well because he... We watched that one together. Did we? It was so fucking funny. I have, like, Mayhem is maybe my comfort movie now, which is, like, it's just fun. It is It's delightful. Anti-capitalistic. 
And, yeah, like, he, he's getting, like, fucking fired for some bullshit reason. And she is having, like, her claim denied for some bullshit reason. Yeah. And, like, he's the one that denies it right yeah. before he learns that he's getting, like, something's getting pinned on him right when mm. he thinks he's about to get this big promotion. They get, like, stuck together in the office. And, fuck, man, that movie was so goddamn funny. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Yeah. Uh, we gotta find a fun one to watch soon. I just, like, I feel like... Partially because of the pandemic, a lot of, like, really fun movies are being put on the back burner, or, Mm. like, we just don't have the time, money, and, like, security to be making things like that, whereas people, like, I I really like the A24 stuff, but I am burnt out on the slow style, and... I, I saw an article the other day that was like A24 re- revitalized horror and I'm like yes but yeah. I think it's time for another revitalization because it's been like it's got to be nearly 10 years since A24 started taking over the market yeah I mean when did Hereditary came out that was oh, like 2015 like, I think it was even before that I think it's like The the Vitch which was maybe oh yeah The Vitch uh, was like 2010 2011 oh, I think it was a little I bit sh- later I just googled it like 2015 maybe yeah, I mean yeah, 15 is The Vitch yeah. yeah wow I'm <laughs> totally off on that <laughs> and I just feel like since then a slow like brooding tension-based horror has been what's really popular in the genre and i i need some fun and it's actually kind of what i was saying about um the theme of the movie we watched today Mm -hmm. uh we watched the new movie released on shutter called the last thing mary saw and i wanted to watch it because it's a queer horror movie Mm -hmm. but i started it um a week ago because i was home on a day off and wanted to watch a horror movie it's sapphic of course yeah i'm gonna watch it um and i got maybe 20 minutes in and i went and knocked on my roommate's door and i was like i'm tired of watching these trauma-based horror films around the queer community i miss when you would hear like queer horror it would be something campy and fun fun. a little slapstick like we're not getting those as much anymore and i i crave it i need it i want more like we were saying all cheerleaders must die my phone is making some odd noises the the vich just hijacked our podcast for a moment there it was like oh us (laughs) it just uh yeah i i I invoked its name and while my phone was uh Locked inside of my pocket, it began playing the trailer, <laughs> which was fun. That's yeah. exciting. That's spooky. Yes. Bringing some spookiness right into the podcast. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely slow broody. What, what, what else did we watch? We, we watched The Lamb together, which was very funny did. because that was one uh, that uh, Sam was very excited to see. Mm. Sam's been getting on our case about uh, how we're a little bit hard on A24 horror and she really didn't like this one. We were like, okay, I'm kind of I'm kind of digging what they're putting down here. Yeah. It at least had enough to like, it left room in the story that felt like room for me to be like guessing what's happening and not me being like, nothing is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Or, or just being like, oh, so that's what happened. You made a bad decision. That was a really stupid solution to this. Yeah. And what did I watch that was fun recently? Katie and I watched the entire Scream series in preparation for the movie, but with Omicron, not so sure about those AMC theaters. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> did we, have we recorded since our queer horror when we went to go, like, 
I don't think we did. No, I think, I we, think did. Uh, we went to we went to Queer Horror in Portland, which was so much fun, amazing, very uh, excited. Yeah, we saw. Uh, I know what you did last summer mm-hmm. with like a, I would say almost like a Rocky Horror style audience. Mm-hmm. That was just so much fun. It really was, and uh, the next one is in February, mm-hmm. uh, Valentine's Day, Child's Play. As long as it's not postponed, mm-hmm. but uh, I do. I know for a fact that Chucky is one of the characters that your partner is the most afraid of. I know. And you are taking her to see that movie on Valentine's Day. Yeah, we gotta we gotta check out our we gotta check out our passes, make yeah. sure that we're we're good. We we are like signed up to be like ready to get tickets to these things on pre sale. Like Yeah. It's pretty neat. So so delighted are we mm-hmm. in the Hollywood theater. It is truly my favorite thing about the city, but it's always the first thing that wins me over to in a new place is like little indie movie houses. Yeah. Um, we haven't been back to movie madness, which is so tragic. So cool. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but it's like a movie rental that has ever growing. But I think last tally was like five hundred thousand movies. Yeah, I, I mean, we got the with the with that pass. I got a free rental every day. Mm-hmm. I just gotta. To slip over there. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be way closer to it after the move. Hell so yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> my second move since we started this podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I was watching something else the other day as well that I was really enjoying. Oh, I really liked The Deep House, which I know a lot of people in the horror community were like, mm, don't, don't waste your time. Not worth it. Oh, um, you showed me the trailer to that. I really wanted to check that out. That was really cool. It has some really cool imagery to it, you know. Like I know we're t- we're talking about like avoiding a slow burn, but like mm-hmm. I'm kind of I've, I'm kind of thirsty for a found footage. You said like a more fun movie, and I was like Paranormal Activity. I have been really like I don't know I'm craving found footage so badly right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, you said you rewatched. Uh, Grave Encounters recently. I did, yes. I I didn't do the second one just because the second one, the the central character really pisses me off. I hate him. He's so I mean, bad. Is it less homophobic than the first one though? Because there is that one guy mm. who's just fucking going on. Really, Ugh, guys. it's not really less homophobic. That's too bad. And it's more misogynistic. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you seen anything for Archive 81 or 83 on Netflix? I've not. Uh, it's, I believe, based off a podcast. Podcast oh, and a wow. podcast and a podcast. Um, and there's someone who is, like, working in an archive with VHS tapes. And they're, like, home videos that he's restoring and, like, getting information from. Okay. And then he sort of gets sent a tape and is asked to fix it. That's some fucking Magnus Archives VHS bullshit. And then he gets, like, he's sent to live, like, alone. And he's sent tapes and he's just redoing and learning more and more of this story. uh, Which I believe is going to, like, cross with the story of um, his whole family died in a fire when he was a child. okay. Um, I like that. And then at some point he's like outside and he's like, there's somebody watching me, somebody watching me. And there's just like a guy peeking out behind a tree and stuff. So oh, that's fun. I'm on the first couple episodes into that. I'm really interested to see where it goes. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, goodness gracious. I uh, uh, recently, it's probably the wrong word for it, mm-hmm. like a month or, two, month or two ago, I uh, got a game on Steam called Inscription that has some like pretty 
um, some pretty like nice sort of horror theming mm-hmm. uh, going throughout it. It is a game that the more I talk about it, the less uh, the less the less <laughs> meaningful your experience will be with it. So uh, that's my recommendation this week: is that everyone play Inscription. I'll have a movie recommendation at the end, but goodness gracious, do yourself a favor, uh, play Inscription. Yeah. Stick with it. Um, if you don't like how Act Two starts, then that's okay. <laughs> you probably just when you had the your when you had a choice to pick one of four things, you probably picked a dumb one. Um, <laughs> it, it's okay. Muscle through. It's an amazing experience that uh, gives me such a, a strange sense of FOMO for <laughs> the parts of the game that aren't there. Uh, it's magnificent. Uh, that's a that's a sort of a cool horror thing. Uh, goodness gracious. I'm trying to think if there's too much else I've done. Um, mm. There's a big spooky spider in Monster Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for a while I took a bit of a break from horror, but I I Mm -hmm. started, like, making sure to watch one movie besides the movie I watch with you every week. And it's been really nice. Uh, That's good. I, um... Picky, though. I realized, like, (laughs) someone on TikTok was like, why do people who like horror talk so much shit on the genre. <laughs> and I'm There's like, a lot of bad movies out there. And I'm like, besides Sleepaway Camp, have I l- liked a movie in a while <laughs> that we've done? Oof. Um, Oof a doof. I know you're releasing backlog episodes, so I'm hoping there's going to be some like good Chuckster stuff well, on there. The last episode we just put out was the Uncle Peckerhead episode. And we loved that one. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's still like so another comfort movie for me. It's like mm-hmm. mayhem that oh, manly. Let's uh, yeah, let's 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 eat some horror junk food. Hell yeah. Let's eat some absolute horror candy next Ooh. week. Um well, I guess we can start getting into the last thing Mary saw. Yeah, let's start with some trigger warnings cuz mm-hmm. uh, this one's this is this is a rough one, kids. Yeah. Uh, I started this and had to stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I think I can finish this movie with yeah. a friend around. Carver Car- texted me yesterday, and they're like, do you want to watch something really heavy? And I was like, hell yeah. Okay. Heavy, heavy, sapphic film. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so in this movie, we have uh, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Explicit. Yeah. Homophobia is like a character it's in this like movie. It's like the central conceit of the film, is mm-hmm. that pilgrims hate lesbians. Uh, and got a good chunk of religious trauma yeah Uh, we're gonna try and remain mostly spoiler free just because this is a newer movie mm -hmm. um it's out on shutter uh but something that i was talking to jay about is like the last real queer horror movie that shutter produced was spiral uh which was another movie that the main horror in it was queer trauma and i just don't know why the media thinks that the only stories we want are queer trauma stories, are, yeah. Are stories where we see ourselves being beat. And I feel like there's been an influx of that because it's the reason I wanted to walk out of It, it part, part Two in the beginning. Yep. I was just about to bring that up. There, The media is currently so comfortable showing the abuse of queer bodies on screen that it almost feels like fetishization. Like it doesn't feel like they're trying to activate that fear in us. I think they're trying to activate, like, discomfort mm-hmm. in heterosexuals. A sort of sense of otherness. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, goodness, thank, thank, thank goodness that didn't happen to one of us. Yeah. Like, it's not... I don't know. 
it's like a fear that at, at least as a queer person who grew up in the Midwest who was like always visibly queer uh, I'm very familiar with being afraid that I'm going to be attacked for being who I am mm-hmm. like that's not an unfamiliar fear to me and I don't feel that when I see things like that in movies. My reaction isn't like, oh, I'm so afraid that that could happen to me. It's like I'm angry yeah. that that has happened to people. Uh, and I think it's another, like, we finished this movie and I was like, written and directed by a man. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> I read a little bit about what he said about this movie, about kind of not having a fully clear picture going into it. He's like, it's easier to just make a movie if you're not thinking about making movie yeah it's like oh all right man well okay i feel like you might have been able to make a movie if you would have thought more about it and i don't know what this person's sexuality is yeah uh but i do think that it is there like i can see a white man who uh, i also don't know his nationality i can see a man Mm -hmm. um seeing homophobia and the things done to people with less power through homophobia and that being like oh that could be me one day you know power is also a huge a huge central theme of this movie Mm -hmm. i I guess we can throw a small summary up Uh, Mm -hmm. this movie is about uh i keep saying pilgrim times it's 1843 that might be pilgrim times who knows we don't know history it's it's a little past pilgrim times (laughs) i think it's in new england i don't know i don't if there was a splash card that showed us the setting it, it mm-hmm. feels it feels New England. Um, everyone in there is Irish Catholic, and the daughter of a family is in love with the maid, mm-hmm. and they've been found out. And the family is sort of trying to mm-hmm. uh, religion and guilt them apart. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of yeah. that, that's sort of a a, a, a summation of mm-hmm. the film. Um, you get a great dual timeline. Like, I do enjoy the way the story is told. It is a frame story. Yeah. Uh, we have our, 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 our the titular Mary uh, without her titular eyes. I guess they're not titular. <laughs> they're not actually in there, but, you know, um, she's, like, blindfolded, uh, bloody blindfold in the beginning, and she's telling the story to a constable. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing the story back and forth with it to sort of meet, meet at the middle of the end. Kind of, I don't know if that served it Yeah, a tremendous deal. It was great imagery. Mm-hmm. I think it it set the beginning of the story up well, but I don't know if it served uh, the like peak of the story and the ending. It just let us know that, hey, it's not going to work out. Yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's kind of how it, uh, mm-hmm. how it does it. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there, there's a major power structure in the film um, as, like, the maid obviously... Mm-hmm is very low on mm-hmm. the, the the totem pole of this family. The family structure is never super firmly laid out, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy to tell that there is a older woman who's somewhat of a matriarch. I don't know if she's actually related to the family mm-hmm. or not. We were talking through the beginning of the movie and it took <laughs> us a little while to turn subtitles on. Um, but she seems to be sort of the like major head of the family. Uh, there's an older man who is a very important figure. And then there's like, marry a child and a maid mm-hmm. uh, and sort of like a guard I don't really yes under fully understand his relation to the family he so, seemed kind of to be owned by them a little bit I think he's uh, he works for is a servant of Mary's uncle's family who the older boy who kept eating apples mm-hmm. is a member of <laughs> religious symbology yes <laughs> oh, he, he always kind of like would be like 
he boy always taking a bite out of that always always chomping that forbidden mm-hmm. knowledge apple he always kind of like he would just show up in these mm-hmm. scenes that like they were trying to like be sneaky and, and mm-hmm. go off and smooch in the hen house or what have you yeah um but oh man yeah he he seemed to ha- he he had a certain amount of power but like um there's like corrections they call them uh is is what the family was sort of trying to do in order to it's basically just old timey um reprogramming which is not what we call it what do it's illegal in only a couple Conversion. of... Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's flagellation, though. Like, yeah. they were, like, made to kneel and rice mm-hmm. and recite Bible verses. Yeah. And it's 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 uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's, it's kind of gross, but I, I don't... Like, they obviously... The family thinks that that is going to serve in some way. Mm-hmm. That's going to have an effect. Uh, the, the other servant, like... It's weird, because it, at one point it says, Oh, he tried to run away, mm-hmm. and then he was caught. Mm-hmm. So, like... I, that that's an odd relationship. I, I suppose I don't really understand social or employment dynamics, but it feels like if your employer runs away, you can't chase after him. I think that it, they may be indentured servants, where mm. especially because uh, Eleanor has that accent that other people don't have, so she may have they paid her way over, and she's working that money off, and yeah. that may be a similar situation to... with Theodore. Uh, you learned the names better than I did. I mean, those are the three names. There I weren't know. very, there weren't very many. It was, mm-hmm. it was Eleanor, Mary. Those are the names that I learned. Yeah. <laughs> I, there, there was a little boy. He had a name. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. It was really. It, it was a movie of tension. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. you know when when is the, when are things going to break bad? Mm-hmm. When are things going to be discovered? And it just. I don't know. It didn't feel that good. No. I was going to ask, like like I said, I get angry when I experience those things because it's like, it, it is being played as if it's something that is not real often mm-hmm. uh, when it is such a, a reality for some people, not just in the United States, but all around the world. And uh, how, do, how does it make you feel when so you see those things? This, this really pulled into the other talking point. I took one note during this movie is that uh, how much we uh, vilify like this period of American history, these mm-hmm. people uh, like the, the pilgrims. And like I was, I was really thinking to myself how much of this is earned. And like some of it, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. The Salem witch trials were real things where they murdered real women. That's, that's a thing that happened. And yeah. when it's played for horror... It can go anywhere from disrespectful to mm-hmm. just... It, 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 there's a lot of feeling bad. If they mm-hmm. ever make it that there is a witch, then that is... if not, It's not sending the message, but it is saying, yes, there were witches, they were right to try to, mm-hmm. to try them. And that's fucked up. Yeah. That's a fucked up thing to do and a fucked up thing to say. And yes, witches are scary, but like putting them in this context where like people were looking for them mm-hmm. and you know f- failing to find them is is weird mm-hmm. that's a that's that's a weird strange thing and we've really centered almost all of our period horror uh, mm-hmm. around the the Salem witch trials mm-hmm. this is a little bit different than our normal sort of uh, sort of witch surrounded horror but it, 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 it really hangs on to this, like, incredibly important sense of religion in mm-hmm. everyday life. And this real theocratical mm-hmm. society that they had where 
you know, the law and and the Bible were the same thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure how like legitimate that is mm-hmm. to history. Like, so I'm finding this very interesting because you mentioned the Witchfinder General before we started recording, mm-hmm. and everything that you're saying is really reminding me of like. Um, maybe it's not 100% true to history. I think there is a lot of weight that can be carried there. But I think it is the the power of religion you know, being used in a way where no one, like, no one can really tell you, oh, well, you're saying you spoke to God, but I don't believe you. Or, like, they can, obviously, and they do. Yeah. But in these stories, I think it's the fear of having this thing that is so powerful and so wrapped up in like what is good being turned and angled against you it's the community mm-hmm. the, the community is is the the, the force mm-hmm. is is the entire force is, yeah. is when you're within it and there's the fear of being pushed to being the outsider mm-hmm. of the community of being the mm-hmm. one who's off and sometimes people revel in that yeah we had a character doing that in this film mm-hmm. and in um, my most recently thoughts of uh, Fear Street 1666 mm-hmm. we had um, one or two characters who sort of reveled in being the outsiders but uh, the, the drunkard in that mm-hmm. as soon as he was able to turn the community against somebody else he was brought back in mm-hmm. so this sort of horrifying force of, of mob mentality mm-hmm. and of, uh, of community mindedness is such such a such the monster mm-hmm. in these films and in this one very much included mm-hmm. uh, the the community are uh, Mary less so Mary but Eleanor absolutely is forced outside of the community mm-hmm. you brought up that um, upon you know X number of discoveries that mm-hmm. uh, Eleanor is effectively made an outlaw meaning someone that law does not apply mm-hmm. to and Mary is lowered into Eleanor's station of, mm-hmm. of, of a servant instead of being an actual member of the family. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the way that the community turns mm-hmm. around and, and brings people in and out is so, so mm-hmm. present in these films. Yeah. There was something that I was noticing a bit the first time I started this, but really I think got driven in, and it's the position of uh, Mary's little brother, and there are multiple scenes where that we see Eleanor and Mary together mm-hmm. that is literally from the vision of Mary's little brother. Yeah, he is always trying to get a peek at the... Yes, and the first time... Which nasty little boy, that is your sister. Well, the first time that it happens is he sees them being punished. Mm-hmm. And he's greeted by the apple-eating boy outside. Yeah. And he goes, what troubles you? And he goes, I saw Mary and... Eleanor's correction. Mm-hmm. What did they do? Yeah. And he does not tell him. Well, he he says, like, they're playing a wicked game. And so they're, they're like, winning wickedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when he sees them together, he's able to infer that this, them being together, is the wickedness. And so I think part of it is, like, what we're showing the next generation about mm-hmm. it. Like... I think there's a very jarbled message in here, and they're coming there from a lot of angles. We have fucking we have Chekhov Splinter, which just is there for like a lesson and well, serves no much greater purpose than that. It's just like, oh, this is this is a product of of of, of my wickedness. Had I not been curious, I would not have this. And that was it. Kind of plays towards the message of the movie, but not in a way that feels like. Well, also, if he wasn't curious about their wickedness, he never would have had the infected foot. So he never would have left the house. So they never would have 
been discovered. The movie sets up a lot of contrivances Mm -hmm. in order to arrive at its conclusion. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of moments where even a minor amount of action taken by the characters would prevent the outcome. And it is a bit disappointing to Mm -hmm. watch that not happen. And and I understand a certain amount of submissiveness was expected Mm -hmm. and demanded of women Mm -hmm. in these periods but seeing it to seeing the lengths that they're willing to go to in some ways but not mm-hmm. in direct ways is disappointing like yeah. you you can always get angry at a protagonist in a horror film for not taking the obvious route for not making a smarter decision for leaving mm-hmm. literally any weapon they pick up behind after using it once although that's honestly i find that funny at this point <laughs> that's that's become sort of a sort of a, a beautiful thing but um Seeing their commitment to some courses of action, but not a direct one, is it was it was disappointing, and it just served to try to put together the final message of this movie. And I don't know if that it was worth it. Yeah, I I can agree with you there. Um, so so on that. Did you like this movie? I don't know. Like, yeah. the answer isn't yes. Yeah. I didn't really like this movie very much, but I don't. Mm. I don't think I hated it. Like, I. I feel like we would have been better served to watch another movie. Yes. Um. I. I do think like there were redeemable things about this. Yes. I think there was beautiful camera work. I think a lot of the tension was created by what they were showing us and when, mm-hmm. uh, which like is good directing. I don't think any of the performances were bad. Um, I think that this is a movie that most people didn't want. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who this movie is for. Yeah, like I feel like I think we both brought up at the end of this that I feel like I'm missing context mm-hmm. that would make certain parts of this like make sense. Like I feel like they didn't tell me. That, oh, this is a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was either expected to go in with this knowledge mm-hmm. through having a religious upbringing, which I didn't. Yeah. Or... I, I went to church and I missed it. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, or just supposed to, like, infer certain things about it, certain direct connections. Things that happen from to one character to the other mm-hmm. character that I don't really understand why it happened either time. Yeah. Like, it was not... The, the movie tried to make everything subtext but it didn't give us enough context it it didn't give us enough fucking text to actually like put the picture together a lot of horror is like a morality tale and i don't know what the morals of this film are i don't know what they're and there's a discussion of good and evil happening because of a religious story here but the evil is lesbians The, 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 the evil is two women who are in love and like I can't argue that with what the movie gave us, you know? Yeah. There's an argument to say, like, maybe it's the way that people have reacted to that. That's yeah. the evilness. But I don't think that the movie makes a good case for that. I think it tries to put a certain amount of hypocrisy on it, but you don't need to convince me of that. Mm-hmm. I went into the movie thinking that. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you know, I mean, they literally have them recite the whole uh, the, the the horror's prayer. We gotta come up with that. The <laughs> Lord's prayer. And there's the one line about, like, you know, uh, forgive our neighbors mm. their trespasses. That's somewhat close to it. And they're, like, literally, quite literally not doing that. They're mm-hmm. like, no, we're going to punish you because you have 
trespass and then quote some other maybe bible shit and there's this book that i guess isn't the bible i don't think it's it's like it's like a it's like a bad book but it's like seems to just be kind of filled with parables Mm -hmm. it's like a bad book of parables and i don't really get that which like well it's referenced twice and in in both times the the stories that are being told are stories about someone doing something that god wouldn't approve of and and then then being being punished for it and that's like that's bad I, mean, I, I guess so I feel like a little bit of my understanding of what religious fundamentalists I'm going to mm-hmm. say people who are like really orthodox diehard um, forbidding of certain behaviors are most alarmed about is people gaining the knowledge that there are options to be wicked mm-hmm. I like my understanding of why people were opposed to gay marriage is because their children would see this and say, oh, this is this is a thing. Mm-hmm. People do this. Maybe I'm like this, and this is okay to do, mm-hmm. so now I can do it. And they're like, oh, no, gay, gay equals hell. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, their exact understanding of it, not, you know, abandoning my children equals hell. Yeah. That's not part of their, their calculus. Mm-hmm. But by in any way tacitly endorsing or not railing against this they are creating a situation where their children Mm -hmm. may choose because they believe that is a real thing Mm -hmm. may choose this path of wickedness and that that is my interpretation which may be incredibly Mm -hmm. wrong but um i i i think that may be what the Mm -hmm. book is is it's saying here are options Mm -hmm. they will lead to your downfall Mm -hmm. but hey if you want to yeah you're making the choice and i think like there's a lot of talk about knowledge i think the symbolism of the character who is always eating an apple in a religious framework like this they brought up that one of the women can read yeah uh the ability to like have and acquire knowledge seems to be a little bit uh seen as a temptation yeah um and so, to talk a little bit about my own religious trauma is I can tell you the exact last Bring time it. I went to church. Uh, and I started going to church on my own. I was raised by atheists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a place where I could find community and was safe. And, like, as a kid, they gave me breakfast. And I nice. was grew up food insecure. And so any place that was going to feed me, I was going to go to. And... I was at a church that I really liked, and it was mostly old people, and one of the things that they would do at the beginning that I really, really liked is that someone would play a, like, happy church song, and you would literally walk around and hug every person in the church and Mm -hmm. say, I love you, it's good to see you, and it was this, like, really warm and inviting area, and I was young and queer, and out, but barely and selectively. And I was there with another friend of mine who was out and queer and, like, barely. Uh, and we were sitting there, and we went to their Sunday Sunday school. We went to their Wednesday church. I went to church three days a week at this time. Damn. And, uh, and three breakfasts a week. Yeah. <laughs> and we had just gotten a new preacher. And the first sermon he decided to do was a, an anti-gay Sermon. Why? Well, I want to fucking open it up, man. Alienate. <laughs> and, fucking whatever, dude. And I was like 16 or 17, and luckily, um, we had an adult there who was a safe adult who like looked over us and was like, "Do you guys want to get out of here?" And we left in the middle, and we never went back. Yeah. Uh, and I think there is a 
I've known many Christians who are lovely people and who believe in like love and forgiveness and like that it's not their place to judge. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of religious things that come out now are not even about like the fear of the devil and the fear of temptation. It's about having those things and the power that that fear gives a certain type of people uh, mm-hmm. and having it turned against you. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw a lot of that uh, mm-hmm. with our last presidency. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, I'm done. You mentioned oh. the devil it comes right out of you. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't even talk about team man. <laughs> Lordy. Uh, it's still it's still bad back there. I'm sorry. Oh, it still feels bad. No. Oh, shit, there's water? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Oof. Oh, nice little. Yes. And you can't. You gotta. It's a straw. <laughs> it's at the bottom. No. You see? Yes. <laughs> oh, that was so complicated. We uh. We know how to work water water bottles in this house. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, we've we learned a lot about sparking the fears of other being a incredibly mm-hmm. safe tactic. Yeah. To um, to gain people things, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, we've we've taken quite a few steps forward, and it's you know terrifying to think of the steps back that mm-hmm. are being demanded. You know, we don't see homophobia in like quite so much as we did that doesn't mean it's gone Mm -hmm. it has simply fallen out of public favor so it is no longer part of the message and i mean but it's still there um my like at the beginning of the pandemic uh my boss and his partner an old boss of mine went to the grocery store and was called an f-slur for just going to get groceries. Damn, dude. And like, that I... was as a gay to get groceries. <laughs> and I like, I have been chased down the street because I told someone I wasn't a girl, and they demanded to see what was in my pants. Like, that's assault. <laughs> like, these things they may not happen with the same frequency. I think moving to Portland has been like. In the Midwest, when I would say, oh, man, this homophobic or transphobic thing happened to me, people could, like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. This is something that happened to me. And you could, like, commiserate commiserate with each other. And since moving to Portland, anytime I'm like, oh, I experienced this microaggression. And everyone's like, in Portland? (laughs) And I'm like, listen, everything outside of this city and people who are coming into the city quite frequently uh, was created by white supremacists yeah. as a way to have a white supremacist haven. Yeah. And so to like, oh no, we're so removed from these things because we want to be removed from them. Yeah, because they suck shit. Um, but I think part of that is like, yes, you have to stomp out that in yourself, but you have to stomp that out in your community as well. Yeah. This is a power that these communities have used against us yeah. forever. And it's time that we use our power of community Fuck yes. to support each other, which means like if you hear someone saying something shitty, you speak up then and there like we stand up for each other. And I just don't think that we are a generation that does that. Like we're all fine to make a post on Facebook and then maybe argue about it. But we're not doing that in our day to day lives. Yeah, it's, it's so much more important. Oh, and I was just talking about the power of uh, power of community. Mm-hmm. Let's set white supremacists on fire. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking tie them, tie them to the fucking <laughs> post. 
accuse them of fucking witchcraft, <laughs> light them up. But yeah. not witchcraft. Witchcraft's cool now. A real, a real witch hunt. <clears throat> so this is what they've. This is what all the the right wingers have been saying is we're witch hunting them. Yeah, fucking good. <laughs> Let's actually do it. Let's let them fucking know. Using the tactics used against you fucking is always been... seen as an abuse of power to those who with actual power. Fucking begging for it. Let's <laughs> light them on fire. So, so this movie wasn't very fun. It wasn't um, very fun. It wasn't very fun, and... We don't know who it's for. I don't know who this movie's for. Uh, if you want to watch a period piece that is fun, I've got a couple recommendations. Hell yeah. Uh, if you want to watch one that is... I don't know. Is Sleepy Hollow bad? I think it's a little bad. It's, it's that. It's I, camp. Uh, <laughs> it's bad that I like it, so it's campy. If you want to watch a campy period piece, watch Sleepy Hollow. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like a really fun movie. It's like mm-hmm. very silly. They had this horseman throws a fucking fence post through a church window in order to pull a guy out of a church because he can't get in it. That whips ass. That's a kind of part of, like that's a kind of idea D and D party would come up with, and I fucking stand for it. Uh, and if you want to watch a movie we watched recently, we thought was really fun, watch Crimson Peak. That's another uh, period piece. It's got Loki in it, and he does an amazing job. It's like weird and mm-hmm. incesty, and it's just such a fucking fun time. Yes, there's a mystery. It's pretty easy to figure out before it happens. So you get 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 that like, oh fuck yeah, I'm so smart feeling. <laughs> I recommend. Absolutely. You know, we were talking about it before, and I didn't want to go for it because it seemed too obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, what was a lot more fun lesbian horror movies than this. Yeah, were the Fear Street trilogies. Yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. And obviously, you could watch the last one if you want a similar period piece vibe. But I would recommend rewatching the first one because mm-hmm. I think you get like, I don't know. It just it feels better. Maybe there's some homophobia in there, but it's like a very light undertone, and it feels very conquerable yeah. by the characters in the movie. Uh, and I loved it. I thought it was really great. <laughs> yeah, put hom- put homophobia in your in your media in order f- to be destroyed. Like yes. that's that's that is that is its place mm-hmm. in this day and age. If you are making a story and homophobia isn't the villain, what the fuck is? <laughs> yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> Which I don't even know if this was it. I don't know if the villain was homophobia. I it's really like, don't think it. Kind of. I don't think the movie knows who the villain is. <laughs> turns out, turns out, we were the villains the whole time. Po- podcasters, they made this. They made they made this movie to hurt us, and they See, succeeded. Halloween twenty eighteen knew all the time all along. <laughs> podcasters are the villains. I mean, I think they really came back with Halloween Kills. Oh, true. <laughs> came back with a vengeance. Oh man, uh, if you want to come back at a vengeance against us, uh, you can do that at our Twitter at uh, at spooky underscore carver. That's right. Oh, man, I got it. First try. Oh, yeah, I have a sticky note. <laughs> you can email us at J at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. And if you want to follow my mostly inactive TikTok, you can do that. I'm at acamp.slasher. Oh, yeah. That's Carver. And that's Jay. This is an outro. Bye. Bye.